This is the non-microwave truth, and I'm C.O. Whiteside. If this is your first time joining us today, God is good. I'm glad you're with us. Now, how we start off the non-microwave truth is, the first part, I introduce a first world problem. And the first world problem is something that's light, but we still want to look at it from a biblical sense. And it's just something to get you thinking, thinking outside the box, that is. Because if you know anything about first world problems, they aren't really problems. Or at least I should say they're not life or death type problems. Now let's get into it. I want you to think about your perfect wingman or wingwoman. Get them in your mind. Do you have them? And if you aren't familiar with that phrase wingman, that's someone who is going to be there to help you shoot your shot or catch the eye of someone else from a romantic standpoint. So let's say there's a group of girls and there's one dude who sees someone he likes in that group. A wingman is going to go assist him because it's intimidating to go talk to a group of females. That's a wingman. Now, with my times of being a wingman, I got blamed for some stuff I didn't even do. And I remember there was a time we were at Qdoba. It's a group of women and it's a group of my guys. And one of my guys was interested in one of the the ladies in, in the other group. And during this time, I got blamed for messing him messing him up with meeting a girl but it's like dude you talked to her for 10 to 15 minutes and if you didn't exchange numbers snapchat names handles whatever you want to call it then you taking too long but what happened during this time is one of the friends in the in the female group wasn't really getting that type of attention and love and i I thought she was cool though and she was kind of playing around and to like get some attention she took a bean out of her burrito bowl and she threw it at me so you know what I did is I digged in her bowl a little bit and threw some food at her. And she tried to like semi blow up and it was just like, dude, you can't be serious, man. But I got blamed for one of my friends not exchanging contact information quick enough. And it's like, dude, you got to speed it up, man. This is a shot clock. This is a shot clock violation, bro. You took too long. But this got me thinking, would Jesus be a good wingman? What do you think about that? This is our first world problem today. Do you think Jesus would be a good wingman if you saw a group of males or females and you needed someone to come help you or assist in your romantic endeavors? Would Jesus be a good wingman? Now, here's my thought process. And you definitely can disagree with this. I think Jesus would be a good wingman if he knew you weren't on some mess. And what I mean by that is if you weren't trying to use and abuse the other person, I think Jesus would be a good wingman. But if you weren't, and of course, Jesus being all knowing would know our heart. If you were on some mess, I don't think you would be a good wingman. I think he would make it very obvious that you two should not talk and get involved in a romantic relationship. But let me know what you think. This is our first world problem today. Would Jesus be a good wingman? And again, I love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. Champion Life 23. Let me know what you think. Oh, yeah. And by the way, we did not have a full blown food fight or anything at Kidoba just wanted to clarify and get that out there and i know for a fact that it wasn't my fault or it wasn't real beef because i saw the girl on instagram the next day and it was all love just wanted to point that out though it's dinner time the title of our episode today is which god now what if someone came up to you and said You know C.L. Whiteside, the brother who does the non-microwave truth podcast? He's a man that's super tall, like really, really tall. He has a lot of hair. 
on his head. He's white and dude is super fat, like super, super fat. You would have to be like, yeah, that's not C.L. Whiteside, the dude who does a non-microwave truth podcast. They got the wrong dude. The only thing they got right is that he's a man. Now, the things that I listed, those are obvious for you to see. Like you can see those with your with your naked eye. I'm a little bald, buff black dude. Now, information that might not be obvious to the naked eye would be like he has three brothers. He's awesome at playing the piano. He absolutely loves dogs and cleaning up after him. He loves politics. And the only thing that makes him angry is watching sports. Now, all the things I just named are lies. And you might be wondering, what's the point? What's the big deal? The only point that I'm trying to make is if someone told these things, these things are lies and these really don't describe me. And when you look at life, life is all about relationships. And if you didn't know the person you were having a relationship with, you really aren't going to have a long sustaining relationship with them at all then. Or the relationship is almost like an imaginary, non-real relationship. And on this episode of Which God... I say God like it could be uppercase or it could be lowercase because it really depends on depends on the relationship and which God you're actually talking about. And I say this because there's a question that I ask my friends, uh, players, former students. And the question is this. How is your faith doing? Now, I just want you to think about how would you answer that question if someone asked you, how is your faith doing? And the answer that I get that that sparked this idea of this episode of which God The answer that I get is I pray. And then they kind of talk about like their own personal relationship and view of God and what they think God wants from them. Like, do you do any devotions? You read the Bible, you go to church, you listen to sermons. Like what you doing to strengthen your faith in your relationship with God? And like, well, I pray. And then it's like, well, why don't you do the other stuff? And then they kind of get to this point where they say, you know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And that's one of the most famous, fascinating answers that we hear all the time now. And I get why people say that, but if you really examine the Bible and you read it, you can see that Jesus didn't like the type of religion that oftentimes that they're talking about, or at least they claim they're talking about. And this is why Jesus came at the Pharisees and Sadducees the way he did, because they were adding stuff and they weren't loving people. They were more about looking good and putting others down and trying to build themselves up. And that's what people claim. That's why people claim they don't like religion. But when I get to digging and keep having these conversations, I see that they kind of don't know who God is anymore, or maybe they never did. And it's almost like they've created a God where they think they get to decide what good is and what good should look like because they want to decide who grace and mercy should go to because they don't feel like it should be for everyone. And obviously they think that they're good. So they, they, they create a God where they can be the judge. And if you create you being the judge, you don't need a savior then. And then they can elevate themselves to almost a God status. Now, that's not something they will admit to, but that's something that they're ultimately doing. And they're obviously saying that they know more than God. And they also don't realize that they're saying that they are good enough to get what's on the other side by themselves. Like they can earn heaven. They can earn eternal life. And then you have the other side of the coin where people can't accept the fact that some people go to hell. And then they look at God as this unmerciful, ridiculously stupid, harsh judge and condemner. And I know some of you are wondering, well, like, how did I come up with this? It's from asking questions and just shut up and listen sometimes. Let people share and you start to see at times they have a hold up with God and the Bible. And maybe you have a hold up with God in the Bible that you weren't even aware of. But hopefully that gets addressed. I pray that it does.
But like I was saying, life is all about relationships. And sometimes we have these relationships with people, but we really don't even have a clue what they believe. And during quarantine, this was something that I had actually the time to do. Because, you know, certain people, you hear them talk about like mindfulness and meditation, and they use almost like biblical principles and practices. But you never really know, like, hey, what do you really believe? So I remember vividly over quarantine talking to a friend and I was like, hey, what do you believe? And he was like, you got to call me because this is not a text conversation. And we literally talked on the phone for about an hour and it came down to that spiritual but not religious. And he had some of the holdups that I've heard other people have, which kind of explain why they have created or searched for a different God besides the Bible. Now, this is a bunch of microwave truths that I've heard. The first one being, I don't think God should or would let people go to hell or allow suffering. That's a heavy one. But then I've heard lighter ones like, I don't need a church. I don't trust the Bible, but I do trust God. And it's like, you know, those two things really don't go together. Or another heavy one that people bring up is they feel like religion was created by man in order to control us and to, to keep us in line. And then they bring up the point that God is all about freedom. And then a lot of times in the same light, they'll bring up, why do we have so many wars and bad things happen in the name of Jesus? And then the other reason that I've seen that people start creating their own God is they look at it and they say, you know what? God loves all people and he would want me to love and be how he made me to be. And that's such a loaded statement because God's okay with me changing his commandments is what they're saying. And if it's a sin that I struggle with, it's not really a sin and I don't need a savior for that. That's pretty much what they're saying. And when most people talk about religion like this, they're talking about a system of rules that tells you if you are good or bad. And they love to refer to men who have abused the church and God's word or the Bible. And they really don't want to be a part of something that's organized. But they do want to give credit to a higher power, but just not be specific. And this is what I was referring to earlier with a group of people that might have like some form of biblical practices. They have some form of meditation or mindfulness or, or prayer. Now, all of us are guilty of, at times, taking a characteristic away from God or adding a characteristic to God. But I could almost bet that the people that come up with these holdups and they have created a God that they're worshiping nonstop and continuously, they really haven't gotten to the word of God. They really haven't gotten into the Bible. And this is why it's so important to actually read the Bible for yourself. And I know a lot of times people say, I just don't understand what I'm reading in there. And it's complicated. Well, there are two things that I would ask or tell you. One, you'd be surprised at what the Holy Spirit can reveal to you when you actually start reading it. And two, if you want to start reading the Bible, I would start with one of the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And the type of Bible that you get matters. So I did a little Google search, and the Bible that I came up with or that popped up a lot was the NIV Study Bible. And I checked out the ratings, and the only time I saw low ratings was not because the Bible didn't do a good job of explaining or breaking down stuff. The low ratings were because the font was super, super tiny. And another encouragement, too, is if you're going to read the Bible, try to read it with someone who does have a good understanding. And I think if you're into stuff like novels, then The Shack is a great book to read. Or you could just watch the movie. I know some people like I'm sick of reading. And something that I've discovered in researching and doing stuff for the podcast is, let's say if I want to have a greater understanding on something, I can type in something like Luke 5 commentary on Google. And then it usually gives me a couple different websites with commentary on the passages that I'm reading. 
And usually the good thing about this is in the commentary, it refers back to other places in the Bible. Because sometimes they get to list the names and list in places. And you're like, what? No, who is this? Why, why are they listing that? And it kind of breaks that down. which gives you the background information and helps connect the pieces for you. So that's something I would encourage you to do, too. Okay. So I tried to, I, I don't know how this happened, but I stumbled across some article which was talking about which God do people believe in. And half the people in this article, it says, who believe in something will admit they don't believe in the God of the Bible. But then you have people who say they believe in the God of the Bible, but then they can't even describe him or they have changed his characteristics. And it's not really Yahweh. Like it's not the God of the Bible. Like God doesn't really care how I live my life. He just wants me to be happy. Or you have the opposite end of the spectrum where you said where people say, you know, I, I keep messing up. I keep falling into this sin. God can't forgive me. He's not a God that's merciful. He's not a God that's gracious. He just can't forgive me. I got to do this on my own. And in both those scenarios, that's not the God of the Bible. And even though people might say, hey, we worship the same God, you really got to check and see because titles ain't a thing if the story don't match it. Shout out to Fabulous for that one. And you really have to be wondering, which God are you talking about? Because his characteristics and who he is or who he is not is important for sure. And I remember talking to someone who was Muslim and they were trying to tell me that we basically believed in the same thing. But then I'm looking at the, the God that Muslims depict and it's kind of a God who's very, very distant. That's not the God I worship. He's intimate. He wants a close relationship. They were more so on like getting good works, doing good works to get to heaven. Jesus definitely was not the savior, though. Jesus was just a prophet. He wasn't even the greatest one. Muhammad's the greatest one. And I know Christians talk about relationships with Muslims is more about submission. And when I've had conversations, I, I look at heaven and I kind of ask them about heaven and heaven's like up in the air. Because they, they make it seem like it depends on the degree to which that person intended and acted on God's desires. So like, how did you treat people? Like, did you treat people with justice? Did you treat people with mercy? And even with that, you're not 100 percent sure on how you how you receive heaven. Like, did I do enough? I don't really know. Like, that's not even close. And on this episode of which God be mindful, be mindful that even when people say I'm a Christian or they say it was done in the name of Christ, that doesn't make it true. Like I mentioned wars and, and things of that nature. And I can't lie. People have done terrible things in the name of Christ. But that really isn't Christianity. That's not really Yahweh's way. So like you got to get in the word and you got to just see and know that there are false teachers. And we've been warned about that. And people who are saying they have the gospel and they don't like they aren't even trying to use the Bible. And Paul says this to the church in Galatia in the first chapter. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in grace of Christ and turn into a different gospel. Gospel means good news, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. That's what false prophets do. That's the mission of the devil. He's the greatest liar possible. And he goes on to say, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
Think about that. Paul understood he can't please people and just give them exactly what they want to hear. He can't just give them the microwave truth. He's got to give them the non-microwave truth. He's got to give them the fact that God is both a judge who condemns sinners and also a loving God who forgives at the same time. The guy who gave up his throne in heaven to come down and be a baby, a stinky, poopy baby and die on the cross eventually as a grown man. That's what he's got to give people the truth. And I want you to think about this. Think about on this episode of which God. You and I are cool with a lot of people, but we assume or really don't know what they believe. And sometimes I just think about this. I think about who is your God? Because there are a lot of gods to be serving out here. And I say lowercase g with that. So I ask a lot more. But that Christian God, that God of the Bible, that God is arrogant. I've literally heard some people say this. And they say this because they're like, how can there only be one way? How can there only be one way to salvation through Christ Jesus? And I don't know why, but this makes sense to me, but not to some. And maybe I'm just too elementary with my thinking, or maybe I'm just not that smart. And that's okay when it comes to this. But I look at it like this. If you are the best and literally the only way, why would you allow people to think that there are other options to something? Like that makes zero sense to me. Let's say this. The whole entire world is infected with some crazy disease called sin. There are a bunch of pharmaceutical companies. There is only one company and there's literally only one cure. And that company is the only one that actually has the cure. But on the other side, you have, you have one of the 10 companies that don't have the actual cure saying, hey, you can take any one of our 10 companies cures for $20 and you're going to be healed. You're going to be good. It's like they're all working together to get money. They're all working together to see you fail. So check this out. So you got all these options to be wrong. I would hope, I would hope the one that is actually right, the pharmaceutical company that is actually right would be arrogant enough, which is really just a fact to say, hey, this is the only way you can be saved. This is the only way. Those other 10 companies, you won't be saved if you do it that way. Like, wouldn't you want them to be arrogant? Wouldn't you want them to say this is the only way? This is the best way? You can't mix the two. You can't do both. You can't go to one of those 10 companies just because they're telling you this. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I would. We kind of forget about the motive of those 10 companies that don't have the actual cure. Their motive is to get money and to see you fail and to ultimately die. Like, they're not going to put that in their promotions. Like, hey, I want to see you die and fail. This is not the real cure. They're going to lie. That's what they do. That's what the devil does. And I'm not trying to make light of the holdups that people have with the Bible or some things that they might be battling or not understand with God and his word. But it's almost to the point where it's like you should try to prove the God of the Bible wrong. Like try to find facts and proof that Jesus Christ, Yeshua, he didn't exist or he wasn't God. And I know Lee Strobel tried to do that. He's the author of the case for the real Jesus and I'm going to just read to you what he said in his book. He said, if you were to ask my opinion about Jesus when I was a legal editor of the Chicago Tribune, I would have given you an adamant answer that if Jesus lived, he was an undoubtedly a rebel rousing prophet who found himself on the wrong side of the religious and political leaders of his days. Claims about his divinity clearly were manufactured by followers long after his unfortunate demise. As an atheist, I ruled out any possibility of the virgin birth miracles, the resurrection, or anything else supernatural. And the only reason Lee Strobel decided to research and to dig into who Jesus Christ was 
is because his wife became a Christian. And he like, hold up, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. I'm going to find some stuff to prove her wrong. And when he got to digging, when he got to looking, it's like, dang, this stuff is real. Like these historical facts are facts. This is the real life truth. And I know I mentioned earlier about the, the hold up that people have and why they create a new God is because of that um, suffering in, in hell. And I think we just have to realize that God is both a judge who condemns sinners and he's also a loving, merciful, compassionate and gracious God who forgives at the exact same times. If you take one part out, you don't have the real thing. Like that's not a fair assessment. That's not a fair characteristic. He's, he's both. And think about this. Do you know which God you've been serving? It's a ton of them out there, but I have to remind you, it's a ton of ways to be lied to. Get to know the God of the Bible by reading his word and being taught. We all at times create gods because it's what suits us and is most comfortable to our lifestyle. But what's most comfortable, but what's comfortable and what's best, those usually aren't the same thing. The God of the Bible, the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, he's better than the created God. Don't just settle with any God. Rest assured and get to know the God that created you. The guy who knows you better than you know yourself. He is the guy who is a judge and condemns the sinner. But he John 3.16 did. And if you're not familiar with that passage, memorize that. Because at the same time, he's a gracious God that forgives and has welcomed us into his family. Despite us, despite me, not being deserving of it. And this is the non-microwave truth. A Time of Grace production. Which God? Which guy? Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I'm out. <laughs>